Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, did I hear that right? Uh, during the Fox News update, did the, one of the guys just report that today is International Women's Day. That is not allowed. Uh, we are not allowed to celebrate women. Uh, they have got to change. I mean, it sounds just so transphobic, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, celebrating women, uh, propping up women. You are supposed to celebrate men who identify as women. They are the ones who are supposed to be celebrated today. They are the ones who are supposed to be elevated today. They are the ones who get to be described as the first female admirals in charge of of public health uh, service in America. Yeah, they're the champions for women. They're the champions for women's rights. They get to be the champions in women's sports. International Women's Day is supposed to be for them, not for you, ladies. Hate to break that news to you here uh, on this show. You don't you don't want to be transphobic now. Uh, see if you, <laughs> God, anyway, oh, I just couldn't resist after hearing that news story, uh, to, to, uh, to jump in on that conversation a little bit here this morning, Monday morning, I'm trying to think, did we start off the six o'clock hour with this commentary or did we save it for the seven o'clock hour? Maybe, uh, maybe we even held off until the eight o'clock hour. Cause we always have so much to talk about here on the show. So, Liberal Senator John Tester, I was at the Lincoln-Reagan dinner in Dillon, Montana on Saturday night. Liberal Senator John Tester brought his gun control buddy, Mark Kelly, to the Mansfield Metcalf dinner in, in Helena. See, the Democrats do their big dinner in Helena, uh, central control. They, they have to, to try to make their numbers look bigger. They all have to gather in one place, whereas the Republicans, they'll, uh, they'll hold uh, these Lincoln-Reagan dinners in you know, practically every county across the state and, and draw good crowds. But, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, liberal Senator John Tester was criticizing uh, the Republican statewide office holders. He was taking shots at successful businessmen like Senator Steve Daines, uh, like Congressman Matt Rosendale, uh, and and other uh, Republican statewide office holders, and he was attacking them for being multimillionaires. And and so I made the point uh, on Monday morning on the show. I said, though, I said now that the reporter for the Helena Independent Record who shared this BS must be a new guy. Must be a new guy because well, first off, I wasn't too familiar with the name. Maybe I've seen the name before. Maybe I haven't. Uh, but must be a new guy because why would you print something as, uh, like an attack attacking people for being multimillionaires when the guy who's making the attack is a multimillionaire himself? So it must be some new reporter. Either that, or they've really drank the Kool Aid at, at Lee Newspapers, and they know that. Oh no, it's okay. You can you can publish attacks on Republicans, even if even if it's a false hypocritical attack coming from a liberal Democrat. Uh, but I made the point. John Tester himself is a multimillionaire. John Tester has become wealthy after be, be, becoming a United States senator. Anyway, a listener in Laurel said, "Whoa, whoa." Where's the citation for that? Oh, you just wait. You just wait. Here is your Montana news. A traffic stop in Great Falls Tuesday afternoon turned into a gunfight 
KTDQ reported that when Great Falls police pulled over a vehicle, its passengers got out and fled the scene. Officers pursued on foot and shots were fired. One officer and one suspect were wounded and were taken to a hospital with serious injuries. Four separate blocks in Great Falls are being processed and under heavy restriction as part of this investigation. The Bureau of Land Management is investigating some racist vandalism at the Four Dances Recreation Area. Corrate reports that a swastika and other Nazi hate symbols had been carved into a rock face. The Daily Montanan reported that a white nationalist group admitted on their social media page to the markings while they were hiking in the area. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. Areas of fog early on today. Otherwise, we'll see sunny breaks and some developing cloud cover. High temperature readings will range from the upper 20s to around 30 degrees. As we head into tonight, light snow shower activity is expected around the region. Accumulations around an inch possible in the Bozeman area. Accumulations of around 2 inches, meanwhile, expected in the Billings area. As temperatures tonight fall back off to about 8 degrees across Bozeman to lows in the mid-teens in Billings. The outlook for Thursday still calls for some light snow showers and flurries, especially over towards Billings early in the day. Otherwise, some partial sun developing towards Bozeman and then into Billings later on as well. High temperatures on Thursday staying in the upper 20s to around 30 degrees. Conditions stay quiet Thursday night. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. Hear News Talk 91 to discuss your home equity options. First Federal Bank and Trust, community banking since 1935. Member FDIC. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, shoot. You know, I was just too busy. I wanted to get a story on our Montana Talks website, but there's there's more to add to this story, so I'll add some additional details later later today. Uh, what did I post on our Montana Talks website uh, here that we've got ready for you this morning? Uh, oh, I see the Billings Gazette finally has a story about liberal judge Mike Moses stepping down in Yellowstone County. Uh, they've, they've got that uh, now uh, on Wednesday Wednesday morning, we had that story for you uh, much earlier. And did I did I share that one Monday? Yeah, I did that one Monday night, uh, and I, I meant to mention it Monday morning. But God, you know, we just have so much to talk about here on the show. So there you go. They're finally getting to that uh, big news that a liberal judge who's been abusing his power on the bench to push this radical left agenda for transgender birth certificates and undermining election integrity laws. He's out. He's retiring come July, which now gives an opening to Governor Greg Gianforte to select a replacement. Uh, Yeah, we had the news for you uh, Monday on our Montana Talks app. Uh, The Gazette's finally getting around to, but that's all right. Sometimes they'll get stuff before us. uh, not too often anymore, though. Uh, but uh, anyway, let's see. What, what else did we get ready for you yesterday? Gary Cooper. Is Gary Cooper Montana's most famous actor? That led to a bunch of great phone calls in our statewide hour the other day also. But uh, he, he shared uh, or he had this quote that I just thought was a really good quote that ties in with all the craziness that's going on in America today. That was a quote that was shared by uh, Lawrence Reed, the president emeritus for FEE, the Foundation for uh, Economic Education. And anyway, it's a great quote. So I did a little story about that, kind of tied it in with part of what we talked about at the Lincoln Reagan dinner in Dillon on Saturday night. And then I shared the video 
and uh, some of the sound bites uh, from the Bozeman police chief and from Lewis and Clark County Sheriff Leo Dutton. Both of them were on Fox and Friends first earlier in the week talking about the threat of, of fentanyl, not just the threat of fentanyl itself, but this powder form of, of fentanyl that, that really has law enforcement concerned right now uh, because it's a little harder to detect uh, the fentanyl uh, in this powder form. And so so uh, anyway, put, put a few stories like that together. But uh, one of the other stories that that I was going to try to whip together last night, but God, I'm, you know, it's just like eventually you just got to call it a day because the work never really stops when you're, uh, you know, covering uh, Montana uh, news and you're covering national news and everything else. But I was I, I was planning on doing a story about liberal Senator John Tester being a, a millionaire. Especially after, you know, here he is attacking Republicans on Saturday night in Helena for being multimillionaires and pretending to be this poor dirt farmer who chopped his own fingers off in a meat grinder when he was a kid. So he's pretending to be the poor old dirt farmer and all oh, those evil multimillionaire Republicans. And I made the point Monday morning, John Tester's a multimillionaire. What a fraud, what a phony, this fake moderate pretending to be a moderate. Now he's pretending to not be a multimillionaire. That guy is an outright phony. And we, ha- But we had a message on our, our Montana Talks app. I, th- I think it came in uh, yeah, yesterday, and it was from uh, uh, Les in Laurel. And Les in Laurel said, Aaron, Aaron, you mentioned like 37 times yesterday that John Tester is a multimillionaire. Uh, I should have mentioned it 37 times because I should mention it so much that that people uh, that, that that you will remember what a fraud and a phony this guy is when it comes time to vote. But uh, but anyway, uh, maybe Les didn't like the fact that I was pointing out this hypocrisy from the liberal senator John Tester. Uh, so anyway, so Les, I, I wanted, I apologize, I wanted to answer your question yesterday because Les was saying, you mentioned like 37 times that John Tester's a multimillionaire. What's your citation for that? Okay, well, for, first off, I apologize because I, I made the assumption that everybody already knew this. Uh, because it already had been reported, it already had been pointed out uh, previously. Uh, there were news stories, there were tweets about. Probably not uh, many news stories in the in the liberal Montana media because they always give John Tester a pass. But it's it's been reported, it's been talked about before. But either way, apparently I wasn't the only one to point out the hypocrisy. So Les, we we have a direct citation for you right now, a fresh news story, so you don't even have to get it buried by Google. Last night at uh, at 6.20 Montana time, Fox News published this headline. Tester rails against multimillionaires in re-election bid launch, but disclosures reveal his own wealth. Tester kicked off his re-election campaign alongside multimillionaire Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona. That makes it even more rich, doesn't it? Here's John Tester, the phony moderate, pretending to be a poor dirt farmer from Big Sandy and attacking these Republican multimillionaires. And not only is he a multimillionaire, Mark Kelly, the gun grabber, gun control senator from Arizona, is a multimillionaire. They're standing, standing right alongside another multimillionaire while he attacks 
multi-millionaires. Millionaires. Like I say, it, it just doesn't get any more rich here. Uh, let's see. Uh, federal financial disclosures show that John Tester is actually a millionaire himself. According to Federal elect- Election Commission data from 2021, Tester has a net worth between $1.7 million and six. Point seven million dollars. Now, the value of his land and 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 the associated assets that he owns are a part of that. Uh, but Tester also reported thousands of dollars worth of stock and other investments, as well as as bank deposits. Here, now, Mark Kelly, though, Mark Kelly, man, he is worth. How did he get to be worth so much money? Mark Kelly's worth anywhere between $10 million and $27 million. Uh, so I'm sure Mark Kelly is able to afford his own security. That's, but uh, that's why he's, he's more than comfortable to come take away your guns and take away your personal security. Because, you know, Mark Kelly's worth $27 million. In-home appointments, call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. 800-826-9895. Good morning, everyone. It's time for the Daybreak Ag Report on the Western Ag Network. I'm Lane Nordblund. This week, Russell Nimitz, along with our videographer Paul Humphrey and myself, are in Orlando, Florida for the 2023 Commodity Classic. Here, groups like the American Soybean Association, National Association of Wheat Growers, National Sorghum Producers, Association of Equipment Manufacturers, and National Corn Growers Association will hold their annual meetings along with the impressive Commodity Classic trade show. And one big topic that will be discussed this week is Mexico's efforts to ban GMO corn imports from the United States. Just last week, the United States announced that regarding Mexico's announcement that they will ban biotech corn imports from the United States, the United States has announced it will seek technical consultations with Mexico conducted through the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement in its Sanitario and Phytosanitary Measures chapter. Doug McCaleb is the U.S. Trade Representative Office's Chief Agriculture Negotiator. These are not things that we are asking for a new commitment or a new promise, but instead it is something that we believe countries have already agreed to when they put their name next to following risk assessments, following science. And so it is our expectation that countries are able to live up to those commitments that are already in place. U.S. corn exports to Mexico total around $1 billion annually. Again, we'll have more coverage of all the news and activities coming out of this year's Commodity Classic here in Orlando, Florida, throughout the week. Don't go too far. We'll have more news here on the Western Ag Network. Ranchers join Pine Coulee Bowls as they sell 160 Angus Bowls at the Wagon Box Ranch near Hardin, Montana, Monday, March 13th. Offering sons at a Coleman Resolve, Pine Coulee Drifter, SAV Resource, Coleman Bravo, and many more industry-leading sires. Large sire groups and affordable proven genetics and volume. It's the Pine Coulee Bowls sale, 12 noon, Monday, March 13th at the Wagon Box Ranch near Hardin, Montana. Catalog and videos at PineCooleeBowls.com. Bid live online with DB Auction. Farmers know a thing or two about being tough, and they hold their wheat to that same standard. Their fields need to be able to take on anything, because there's no telling what tomorrow has in store. That's why Westbred brand wheat offers varieties like WB9590 and WB9719. Both offer high yield potential, standability, and are balanced with protein. 
Meet your standards of excellence. Plant West Bread. Performance may vary. We're turning back this morning. In just a few hours, the latest World Ag Supply and Demand Estimates report will be released, and there will still be much attention on South American grain production. But here in the U.S., USDA may address corn's lack of export sales with an increase in the ending stocks estimate. Questions about the new crop season will have to wait for the May report, it looks like. Dow Jones pre-report surveys show USDA's estimate of U.S. corn ending stocks are expected to increase from 1.25 billion bushels to 1.299 billion bushels, a higher amount that would still be the second lowest surplus in nine years. As for world-ending wheat stocks, pre-report analysts are expecting wheat to go from 269.3 million metric tons to 269.9 million metric tons. Again, the next World Ag Supply and Demand Estimates report due out later today. That's a look at our Daybreak Ag Report here on the Western Ag Network. I'm Lane Northmont. Have a great day. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got some great messages that came in on our Montana Talks app. I kicked off the 6 o'clock hour. For those of you who are just waking up and just getting rolling with us here at 627 this morning, I kicked off at 607 uh, talking about a Fox News headline that I heard. Today is International Women's Day. I know, it's so transphobic, celebrating women. I mean, come on, we're supposed to prop up and celebrate men who identify as women. We're supposed to celebrate trans women, not just women. Uh, Anyway, uh, Nicole in Columbus uh, made a good point here, too. Uh, In order to celebrate women... You have to know what a woman is. Just saying. It's a really good point. All of these people who who uh, want to celebrate International Women's Day and, and virtue signal to, uh, uh, to all the females out there uh, can't even tell you that what the definition of a woman is. Uh, Tim and Savage, now that's just cold. Uh, he says, we celebrate men who are women on April 1st. So is, is April 1st uh, International Transgender? Women's Day, uh, Tim. I, I I don't have all the uh, the holidays plugged into my calendar. I'm sure Google would probably uh, force uh, force something like that on, onto the calendar, though. If you if you have the holiday button checked or something like that, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's when uh, International Transgender Women's Day is. All right, uh, let's see. Lots to talk about this morning here. Uh, you know, man, on Tuesday, yesterday, in the eight o'clock hour, we uh, we just simply ran out of time talking with John Jackson. There were two stories he wanted to talk about, and we took so many phone calls. We had so many great callers. We covered so many great topics that we never even got to two of the big things that John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, wanted to talk about yesterday in the eight o'clock hour. Now, one of those stories involves a Southern Poverty Law Center lawyer who has now been arrested on domestic terrorism charges after uh, clashing with police in Atlanta, Georgia. I've got more on that story we'll we'll share with you uh, here in just a few minutes. Uh, The other thing that he wanted to talk about that we never talked about, he said, said, hey, I, I gave a tip to Dana Lash, and she ended up using it Uh, on, I think it was a Fox News interview. And so anyway, the story was this. I hadn't seen this story yet, but uh, apparently these illegal aliens 
had killed a bald eagle. Did they barbecue it too? Did they cook it up, John? If John's awake yet, he could probably fill me in, send me a note on Twitter, which reminds me, I need to go check my tweets uh, from this morning. I think that was the one thing I forgot to do in my show prep here today. Uh, but apparently these illegal aliens killed a bald eagle. I know. <gasps> they killed a bald eagle. See, that that might even get more attention than when they kill actual you know, Montanans with the drug cartel fentanyl that's coming in here. And so, so anyway, uh, John Jackson said that, well, hey, there's a Montana angle to this. And I think the tip that he gave to Dana Lash was, hey, if you are a Montana citizen, we've had Montana citizens who have gotten in big trouble killing eagles. But apparently if you're an illegal, it's okay to kill the eagles. Illegals kill eagles. Sounds like some new program the National Park Service is funding or something. Uh, anyway, more on that story after this. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Two friends from South Carolina are at a hospital in Texas rescued from kidnappers in Mexico, one with gunshot wounds in his leg. Two friends with them were killed. Shahid Woodard and Zindel Brown were already dead by the time authorities arrived on scene. Two other victims, Latavia McGee and Eric James Williams, survived the horrifying kidnapping and are back in the U.S. All four traveled from South Carolina to Mexico, so McGee could get a tummy tuck procedure. McGee's mother giving this update, quote, she's doing okay. She was crying. She watched two of them die. They died in front of her. Fox is Todd Pyro. Four people are killed in a small plane collision over a lake in Winter Haven, Florida. It was an in-air collision, uh, and both planes immediately went to the ground, went to the water. That's Polk County, Florida Chief Steve Lester. One plane was floating on the lake's surface after the crash. One sank. There were two people on board each plane. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, so we, we never had time to get to it because we took so many so many phone calls yesterday in the 8 o'clock, hey, heck, even into the 9 o'clock hour. We, we kept uh, John Jackson around into the 9 o'clock hour because I, I felt bad. I was like, holy cow, man, John, you, you freed up an hour of your time to come in here and join us on the show. You prepped a bunch of topics. And, uh, and man, we had so many calls jump in on the conversation that uh, you hardly even got to talk. And so uh, so we kept around for part of the 9 o'clock hour as well. And we still didn't get to this story. Uh, but uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, uh, uh, yeah, spotted this story where apparently illegal aliens had killed a bald eagle. And uh, anyway, Greg Gutfeld weighed in uh, last night on his program on Fox News as well. It's a story so on the nose you'd think we made it up. But it's true. Two illegal aliens from Honduras were busted in Nebraska after allegedly shooting a bald eagle to death with the intention of cooking it and then eating it for dinner. I hear they taste just like chicken. <laughs> so do the eagles. <laughs> oh, I insulted the bald eagle killers. <laughs> Seriously, though, what a story. Illegals eating a bald eagle. The only thing missing is them using an American flag as a tablecloth. Mm. It was an act so repulsive, just about everyone is asking why. Except for the cast of The View, who asked if it comes with their choice of sides. <laughs> Authorities say the creeps use these air rifles to slay our beloved bird, or as Democrats call them, AK-47 grenade launchers. <laughs> they also reportedly lopped off the eagle's feet so they could turn the talons into ornaments. Because if you're going to violate a country's borders and its national symbol, be sure to accessorize. Oh, there you go, Greg Gutfeld, talking about the illegals killing eagles. 
But, you know, if you had a wind farm in Wyoming, it's all cool. You can kill as many eagles as you want at a, at a wind farm in Wyoming, uh, right? Uh, 294-0970, the number for you here this morning. Uh, Greg Gutfeld tastes like chicken. And I, I think we all did the collective groan along with his uh, in-studio audience there as well. But, you know, chicken, uh, chicken is it's a good product to eat if you're, uh, if you're trying to stay healthy, if you're trying to lose weight. Montana beef is my favorite way uh, to stay healthy especially if you're trying to lose weight the protein the the protein that you get out of beef and out of chicken is vital to losing weight and to keeping the weight off for life you got to get the ideal amount of protein because what the protein does is the protein gives your body nutrition it gives your body the, the what it needs to maintain muscle mass now you can lose pounds by by burning muscle mass by losing muscle mass but then you're not healthier. You want to keep the muscle mass. What, what you want to burn, what you want to lose is pounds of fat, not pounds of muscle. Anyway, if, if you want to lose weight, I'm telling you, there is an ideal protein way of doing it. That's the protocol they follow at Billings Last Diet. So if you're trying to shed some weight before spring break, check out BillingsLastDiet.com. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, good. John Jackson's he's he's already up and rolling. He's listening this morning. He sent uh, sent, sent me a note. The illegal eagles. Yeah, the illegal eagle killers. They need like a like a, a Cobra Kai. What did the, uh, the the guy from the Cobra Kai TV show? You know, that's the uh, the series that's kind of like a, the Karate Kid follow up here uh, three four de- decades later. Uh, what, what was the name? Eagle Fang. Yeah, you know, Eagle Fang is is the new Karate Club that Johnny starts. <laughs> they need like their own little Eagle Fang logo, but it's going to be illegal eagles. The illegal eagle killers, the illegal aliens uh, shooting bald eagles out of the sky, trying to cook it up for dinner. That line that Greg Gutfeld had about, oh, the only thing they're missing is an American is using an American flag for a tablecloth. Uh, and, and yes, I, I can give you the answer to that question. I know George Blackard isn't here till Friday for our Freedom Friday segment. That's when sometimes we'll, we'll have our American flag questions and what's flag protocol, what's the flag code say about this. I, I, I can guarantee you the American flag code and the flag protocol, uh, it, it would be against flag protocol for an illegal alien uh, to be uh, chopping up a bald eagle on an American flag. I, I'm, I think I don't need to wait till George Blackard gets here uh, to give us that story on Friday. I think I can uh, safely confirm that story for you here today. But uh, now what a mockery these illegal aliens are making of our country and making of uh, this uh, Biden administration and John Tester. We've got an all out war zone on our southern border right now. But uh, yeah, do you, you remember when that? Uh, Yellowstone National Park was on their uh, on their Facebook page. They were promoting they were promoting this uh, this organization that got grant money from like the National Park Foundation or something like that. And the name of the the name of the group was Black People Who Hike. Yes, the National Park Foundation gave money to 
Black People Who Hike is the name of the grant organization. It's like, wow, where where would black people in America be? How would they ever be able to go on a hike in Yellowstone National Park if it wasn't for these uppity white liberals at the National Park Foundation giving a grant to black people who hike? But, uh, you know, if these illegal aliens were smart, the next thing they would do would start their own illegal eagles a grant program they probably get funding in a heartbeat but then again i think i think all they're already getting a lot of funding with their free hotel rooms and their free popcorn and their free xboxes that they're getting in the hotels of new york city and more the other story uh, that we just ran out of time we didn't get to when john jackson joined us in studio yesterday the other story he wanted to talk about i think we briefly mentioned it but we didn't uh, didn't go into the details too much but the Southern Poverty Law Center. Are you guys familiar with the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC? The SPLC is basically a left-wing hate group. They hate conservatives. They hate Christians. They hate patriotic Americans. They hate uh, gun rights organizations. Basically, if the, S- if the SPLC is attacking you, if the SPLC calls you uh, a hate group, you can wear that as uh, uh, you know, a badge. Of, you, should, you should be proud. You should wear, wear that like, like, a, like you just won a ribbon at the AAU wrestling tournament at eight years old. Be so proud of that stinking thing because the SPLC is a joke. The SPLC is a radical left-wing hate group that hates Christians. And will target Christians and conservatives in America. But anyway, uh, but they always go call everybody else hate groups because they're the ones that are, you know, projecting their hatred on everybody else. A SPLC lawyer has now been arrested on domestic terrorism uh, charges. Uh, here is uh, the news that was shared on special report on Fox News. This this information may be may be somewhat dated. I think I've got a story in front of me here that sheds more light on this, but uh, but uh, here's the news that came on special report. Almost two dozen people charged with domestic terrorism for their attack on the site of a planned police training facility in Atlanta had their initial court appearances today. Authorities say almost all of them are from outside the Atlanta area. Correspondent Charles Watson is in Atlanta tonight. The allegations are extremely serious before the court today. 23 people charged with domestic terrorism made their first appearance in court today. Most of them will remain in lockup after the judge denied bail for nearly every defendant accused of attacking officers with rocks and explosives at a planned police training facility in Atlanta. The only one granted bond was Thomas Webb Jurgens, a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center. I can't stand here and say like a witness saw him throw something in particular. We have lawyers who commit all kinds of crimes, unfortunately. So I'm going to set bond in the amount of $5,000. The SPLC claims he was at the scene as a legal observer on behalf of the National Lawyers Guild. However, defense attorney Phil Holloway says that that doesn't necessarily protect Jurgens from criminal prosecution down the line. The big problem that he has is if they can prove that he knew in advance that something like this was going to happen, not only could he lose his law license, but he could very well lose his freedom. 
The National Lawyers Guild is known to have their legal observers wear neon green hats while attending situations like this. Security video shows at least two people wearing neon green hats, although it's unclear whether either of the people pictured here are Jurgens or affiliated with the guild. SPLC says, quote, their arrest is not evidence of any crime, but of heavy-handed law enforcement intervention against protesters. The Atlanta Solidarity Fund has jumped to the defense of those arrested and is asking for donations to go towards bail assistance and legal representation, though it's unclear if any of the suspects have accepted any support. Brett? Charles Watson in Atlanta. Charles, thanks. Yeah, that was a special report with Brett Baer yesterday on Fox News. You heard it right there. If if you're like, wait a minute, is the SPLC blaming the police? Is the SPLC really blaming the police? These rioters were throwing Molotov cocktails at police. I know it's it's not that shocking to hear that because that's what the BLM rioters have been doing for the past three years, uh, attacking police in the same manner. They they have uh, you know been attacking federal law enforcement. They've been attacking black owned business uh, owners uh, and and much more. But yeah, uh, here's what. Cully Stimson, a senior legal at the uh, legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, had to say about this, about the SPLC blaming the police. Stimson told Fox News Digital, quote, the SPLC's press release immediately does exactly what you shouldn't do if you're a neutral and detached organization and not a police hating, capitalist hating, hate monger group. They should have said Look, we understand that one of our employees was arrested and we will respect the legal process and we'll let that legal process play out. But no, no, no. Instead, they started attacking law enforcement here. And, and, and by the way, this this Jurgens character was one of 23 people charged with domestic terrorism after violence broke out in the city over the planned construction of a police training facility dubbed by its detractors as Cop City. Protesters lobbed fireworks, bricks, and Molotov cocktails at police officers and set a bulldozer and other equipment on fire. But yet, no, they're blaming the police. They're blaming the police. Uh, let's go to Bill in Billings. Bill, thanks for your call. Hey, Aaron, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I thought there's some important information to add about the SPLC. Um, there was a uh, documentary about them. By, it was either NPR or Vice News. And when they're interviewing um, their leader, Mark Potok, um, they captured on the back of his office wall a chart that he had made that is um, keeping track of the declining white population of America. Right. So, so the SPLC is not only anti-Christian, but they are explicitly an anti-white organization. Yeah, a, a racist organization. Oh, explicitly. Yeah, good point. Well, I, I made the point on Monday when I first saw this news, you know, liberal Senator John Tester would put this guy in charge of a federal land management agency. I mean, you remember absolutely Tracy Stone Manning uh, was connected to that eco-terrorism case with Earth First in Missoula back in the 1990s, and she lied about her involvement, and John Tester still put her in charge of the BLM. The, the Democrats, uh, I criticize them heavily, but the Democrats are phenomenal at always punishing their enemies and always rewarding their allies. They always do it. Um, their their in-group preference is kind of unbelievable to observe from the outside. Yeah. And it's something that the right doesn't do, um, and I don't know if the right will ever start doing it. 
You know, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Um, the, the Democrats have a good way of putting fear into their enemies, don't they? And so, like, you take the business community. The business community may like the Republicans more, but they fear the Democrats. And so that's why, you know, the corporate America in particular is just uh, kissing the ring of these Democrats across the board. Reminds me of when I was in Afghanistan. Bill, thanks for the call. Yeah, no, great, uh, great remarks there. Great remarks. Uh, great line, too, about uh, summing up the Democrat Party. That was spot on. But reminded me when I'd be out in the mountains of eastern Afghanistan talking with remote villagers. Uh, hey, you guys are nice. We like you guys. But if we work with you, they're going to chop our heads off. Your morning cup of Sean. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. The Fed chair is now saying, Jerome Powell, warning that Biden's persistent inflation will force him to raise rates higher and faster. This is not good news. If you think the Biden inflation tax was bad, it's about to get a lot worse. This is the first real telegraph that his policies heretofore have not done the job. Powell just warning the Senate that this persistently high inflation will likely force him to raise rates, quote, higher and faster than planned. I at one point said you might see double digit interest rates. If you do, this economy comes to a screeching halt and you'll see unemployment numbers uh, go through the roof. The conservative underground meets later today on the Sean Hannity Show. You know, tragically, last year had a record number of school shooting victims. Now, in active shooter incidents, schools go on lockdown and locked doors impede law enforcement's access. Now, with Knox, both school officials and law enforcement have access to key cards, keys, floor plans, and getting them into those locked doors. Get Knox. Just go to schoolentry.com. That's their website, schoolentry.com. Schoolentry.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate with institutes. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooth to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Man, I, I need to get that word for word. I need to remember what Bill and Billings just said, summing up the Democrat Party, because that was a great line. Uh, heck, that, that might be the line of the day. Much like the line of the day on Monday's show was when Representative Jerry Schillinger called in at a circle and, and had the line where, you know, the, the Democrats want us to play make-believe. Uh, this is what uh, Representative Schillinger had to say. The Democrats want us to play make-believe. They, they, they want us to believe that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. And they want us to believe that, that these judges are nonpartisan. Uh, they want us to play make-believe. Such a great line. But what Bill and Billings just said about the Democrats rewarding their friends and punishing their enemies was exactly spot on. In fact, y y you can already see this pattern kind of taking place right now. 
right in Congress. So the Democrats have, have committed horrific abuses of power going after Trump, going after uh, peaceful pro-life protesters. Uh, pick, pick your group that they have not targeted with government power. Pick your political opponent that they have not targeted with their political power. And then what is the response from congressional Republicans? Well, we're going to pass a new law to, to make sure this never happens again. So what is the effective message? Democrats abuse power. What they're doing is already against the law. What they're doing should already have some of them thrown behind bars. Then they're never held accountable, and they get let off the hook, and then they get rewarded with book deals and CNN contributorships and other government contracts and consulting businesses. And, and, and then they're never held accountable. And then Republicans take power. And have the power to go after these crooks and these criminals, but then their hands are tied because uh, the, the Republican Congress says, well, we're going we're gonna to pass a new law that, that prevents the government from doing this and prevents the government from doing that. And so Democrats get into power. They abuse their power. Republicans then come into power and make sure that people don't, don't use power. Eh, eh, you, you know what I'm saying here? The, the point being is that, is that it goes right back to what Bill and Billings had, had to say is that Democrats will reward their friends. That's what this whole Green New Deal is all about. It's about putting money in the pockets of their friends, and then they will try to punish their enemies or anybody who dares question them. Elon Musk right now is a perfect example. There's this, uh, federal, uh, there's this uh, FTC Federal Trade Commission probe going after Elon Musk right now, and they have they have now been asking him all sorts of absurd questions. Demand they've sent letters. The FTC, a, a government agency, is sending letters to Elon Musk, who you know, the founder of SpaceX, founder of Tesla, and they're demanding that he say, "Who are the journalists that you're working with?" Who are you working with? Uh, anyway, Jim Jordan weighed in last night on Sean Hannity's program uh, to the to the FTC harassing Elon Musk. The FTC called up, uh, sent letters to a private company and asked them, what journalist, who in the press are you talking to? Now, think about that, Sean. This may be the most egregious threat to the First Amendment I've ever seen. They, and this, this harassment of Twitter started when Elon Musk bought the company. It's very Soviet of them, isn't it? Isn't, isn't it? Reminds me when I was a kid in the 80s and these Democrats hated Reagan and the media hated Reagan. But boy, they sure had glowing reviews for Mikhail Gorbachev at the time, didn't they? Uh, yeah, kind of ironic, isn't it, that now these these red diaper babies, now that they've fully taken control in Washington, D.C., they're using these Soviet-style tactics to go after any of their critics in America. And why are they mad at Elon Musk in the first place? Because of uh, Twitter, because they used the federal government to trample on the First Amendment rights of American citizens, and they used the power of Twitter to interfere in the elections, not only in America, but in the elections in Brazil to get a pro-China president in power in Brazil. And, and Elon Musk is now calling them out for their Soviet-style tactics to trample on constitutional rights and interfere in elections. And as a result, how do they respond? They want to use the power of government to harass and intimidate and punish Elon Musk.